that song. So I'm so excited that in just a few short moments, we are going to be baptizing these kids. Baptism services are such an important part to the life of the church. And not only to those who are being baptized, but for those of us who have already been baptized, it reminds us of our own story of coming to faith. It reminds us and brings us back to that moment when we were baptized in a church or maybe in a body of water in a pool by a pastor or maybe a parent or a friend. And it's also an incredible teaching moment for our children who haven't seen a baptism service. They always want to know when they watch these services what's going on and what they would need to do to be baptized. So it sparks spiritual conversation among our kids after we, they watch this service and they go home and they talk to you about what just happened and when can they do that because they're watching these kids just a few years older than them who are taking this important step of obedience in following Jesus. But before we baptize these five young people today, I want to take a little bit of time explaining what baptism is, what it isn't, and why this symbol is so important to our Christian faith. So first, for all of you in the room who have been baptized right now, take a moment and remember your baptism. Think about it. Where were you? Can you place the exact room that you were in? Do you remember who it was that baptized you? Yeah, do you remember who came to watch your baptism and who was in that room? Maybe there's some interesting little details you remember, like how cold the water was when you first stepped in. Or maybe you've got some funny little story like you slipped when you went in or they slipped pulling you out. But I think no matter all of us who've been baptized, that's a memory that gets locked into our minds. And so that's why we want to baptize these young people because it creates a moment in their lives that they're not going to forget. It's kind of like the Israelites. So in the Old Testament, when God fought a battle for the Israelites, so often they would grab a bunch of stones and they would build an altar or a monument of remembrance. And it was their way of saying, every time we pass this road and we see this stack of rocks, we're going to remember what God did that day in our lives. And that's what baptism is for these young people. It's a monument. It's a time of remembrance that they won't be able to forget of saying, God was absolutely real to me that day and I committed my life to follow him. So no matter where life takes them and no matter how far they wander away from God or maybe no matter how far you have wandered away from God since your baptism, you have that stone in the ground, that marker, that reminder that you made a commitment to follow Jesus with your whole life. Plus, they're showing the world also that they have made this choice to place their allegiance and their trust in Jesus. But while baptism helps us remember our commitment to Jesus, an important point I always want to make for everybody because this is so important, baptism itself does not save us. 
It's a marker in our lives of coming to faith that acts as a monument in our journey of faith, but ultimately your faith journey began not at the moment of your baptism, but at the moment that you first put your faith in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 are such important verses for Christians to know and hopefully to memorize. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Our salvation is not the result of baptism. We don't come to be saved when we go under the water in the baptistry. We come to be saved when we put our faith in Jesus Christ to be both our Savior and our Lord. And those are two really important pieces of when we say putting your faith in Jesus. You're putting faith in Him as Savior, as the one who died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. Okay? He saves you from your sins. Can you jump to the next screen, please? And He makes us Lord. He's the rightful King that we are to honor and obey. And these are so important. You don't just say, Jesus, you saved me from my sins and now I'm going to live however I want. He saves you from your sins and now He's your big brother in the family of God. He's the King in the kingdom. He sets the rules and we are to honor, obey, and serve Him as our Lord, as our Master in our lives. And so each of the young people being baptized today have taken a moment to express that they have put their faith in Jesus to be their Savior and to be their Lord. They sat down with all of us as elders and they told us their story. And that's why we now feel comfortable saying, yes, they understand. It's not the water that saves them. It's their faith in Jesus that saves them. And they have all decided to put their faith in Him. Here's a helpful analogy of how to think about the role that baptism plays in the Christian journey. Think about it like a wedding ring. Okay, so when you go to a wedding ceremony, typically there is an exchanging of rings. And as they do that, the pastor or the minister asks them to repeat these words after them and they say, with this ring, I thee wed. But we all understand it's not just because a ring goes on a finger that makes a marriage. The marriage is made official when they make their vows to one another. When they make that commitment in front of family and friends and witnesses. That's what makes the marriage official. However, every day from that day forward, they wear the wedding ring on their finger. It's a reminder. It's a marker of the promise that they made to their spouse that day. Does that make sense? So that's what baptism does. It's a reminder, it's a marker of the commitment that you made to Jesus by placing your faith and your trust in Him. 
And so at this point, it is fair to wonder why Christians made their symbol of following Jesus to dunk a person underwater and then lift them back out again. To the outside world, this is kind of a weird ceremony act that we take. I've heard kids ask, why is the pastor holding them under the water? It's kind of like this strange thing that if you haven't had it explained to you, you wonder, what is it that is going on? Why do we do this by full immersion? And to add to the confusion, there's other churches that don't dunk underwater, that simply sprinkle. They grab water out of a little bowl and just splash it on. And so why is it that we say that to be completely immersed and raised back out is so important? And we find that answer actually in Romans chapter 6. So if you have your Bible and you want to open up, we're going to be looking at a few verses from Romans chapter 6 today. And we're going to be starting in verse 3. So in Romans 6 verse 3, Paul, who wrote this book, this letter to the church in Rome, he said, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. His. So do you see the two aspects of how this act of baptism, of dunking the person under the water and lifting them back up out, connects with the burial and the resurrection of Jesus? That's why we do this act. Because we worship a king who died and was buried. And he died for our sin and our shame and to ultimately take death away from us so that we would have eternal life. And He was raised to eternal life. That's why we have this symbol of baptism, of going under the water and of coming back up. Because when we go under, we are signifying that we are buried with Him into death. We are symbolically joining Jesus in His death. But the question is, death to what? Well, if we keep reading and we jump down to verse 6, it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruined by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And so we join Jesus in a death to our sinful nature, to the part of us that covets what our neighbor has, that is jealous, that is unloving, that can be really ugly, that lies and cheats and steals and does little things for our own self-benefit and self-gratification. That's what we are symbolically saying. I want to be dead to that part of my life. I don't want that to be a part of me anymore. I don't want to have that constant pull of temptation to sin as a part of our lives. I want that to be killed, to be buried, to be put away. 
And now, does this mean that once you guys are baptized, ultimately you'll never be tempted to sin again? No, we're not that lucky. But it does tell us that ultimately we have the strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to fight against it. And so suffice it to say that the act of being plunged underneath the water surface demonstrates that we are dying to our sinful nature, the nature that keeps us separated from God's perfect holiness. And then we don't hold them under. Okay, I don't wait till the bubbles stop. We pull them back up. Because ultimately, Jesus was dead and in the tomb for three days. But he was raised to new life. And that's the most beautiful part of the picture of baptism, is that we are made new with Jesus. We are made to walk in newness of life. We have a spiritual resurrection from our old sinful nature. And we're set free from the trap of chasing the idols that this world is offering us and saying, hey, if you get this, you'll be happy. If you achieve that, you'll be happy. If you marry this person, then you'll be happy. If you go to this school, then you'll be happy. And when we're made new, we realize none of those things are ultimately what make us happy. It's the relationship with God. It's knowing I'm in partnership with God. It's knowing that He's holding on to me and He'll never let go of me. That's where our joy and our happiness and our contentment comes from. We're given also the power of God inside of us, His Holy Spirit, to now live as, to help us to live as Jesus taught and demonstrated. It's kind of like if you feel like you've had a bad start in a place and you're like, you know what, I need a fresh start, I'm going to move. So you move to a new town or oftentimes when kids in high school go off to a new college, they recognize, I get the opportunity to have a fresh start. I can reinvent who I am. My mom changed her name for her first semester. She's like, call me Mary Kay. And she did that for about four weeks and she went back to her nickname, Casey. Um, but you get those opportunities when you get a fresh start. Baptism is kind of like that. God is saying, you know what? Yeah, you had your sin nature and you've got your past and you've got things that maybe you still wrestle with feeling guilt and shame for. Let it go. You've put your faith in me. It's been buried. It's been left to die. You get a fresh start. You get to walk in this newness of life that I've made available for you. So, for you five who are being baptized, how should this moment impact your lives going forward? We read in Romans chapter 6, 11 through 13. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of your body, of yourself, to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Here Paul is saying, you need to move forward. Yes, your sin nature has been buried and, and with Christ, but tomorrow and the day after and every day of your life, you have to work out your faith with fear and trembling. It's not going to be a perfect road. You have to choose. Are you going to give yourself over to sin, to be an instrument of wickedness, 
or give yourself wholly to God to be an instrument of righteousness. That's the decision that's set before every single person in this room. And when temptation feels so strong that you feel like you can't walk away from it, remind yourself that you are dead to sin and made alive to Christ. Remember this day and remember that Jesus took your sin and your guilt and your shame and your sin nature and he buried it. And that sin no longer has to have control over you because you have the power of God inside of you. So the rest of us today, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, I encourage you to consider doing that today. You've got to recognize this world is not as perfect as we like to think it is. It's broken. Our lives are filled with chaos and hurt, and we do the best we can to try to cover over it. But at the end of the day, you have to recognize you're not the person you wish you were, and this world isn't as good as you hoped it was. And Jesus is saying, yeah, I know, it, it became a mess, but I've got something better for you. And one day I'm going to fix this world that is a mess. Put your faith in me, and one day I'll bring you into that perfect world at the conclusion and the culmination of all things. If you've decided to follow Jesus, but maybe you've never been baptized before, maybe you've been afraid to do it, maybe you feel like you're waiting for a magical time when you're more spiritual and you're more ready, that's not how it works. Jesus tells us to repent and be baptized. He tells us to put our faith in Him, and when we have done that and we've made that commitment, then we should be baptized and we should show the world that we've made that commitment to follow Jesus. It's such an important thing. And for those who have been baptized, oh, so if you haven't been baptized, we're having another baptism service on November 12th. Talk to me. Let me know. I want this tub. It's a giant bathtub, really, is all it is. I want it to be filled with water frequently because we're baptizing people who keep putting their faith in Jesus. And that's where all of you who have been baptized already come in. Join me in praying that God would continue to draw people unto Himself. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. But we join with Him when we pray in His will that many in this community would come to faith in Jesus. That they would recognize that this world isn't working, but that Jesus has something far, far better that we have the goodness of God to look forward to for all of eternity. So let's pray that many, many people would put their faith in Jesus and we would have the opportunity to baptize many, many people in the coming months and years. Today is a day of celebration for these five individuals who have decided to submit their lives to Jesus. And it's beautiful because such an incredible exchange that God has made available to them as each one of these young people have decided they want to give God their mess. And ultimately, God has given you His holiness, His righteousness, and His power. It's incredible. And that's what happens when we are made new with Christ. And so, let's not push this off any longer. Join with me as we pray.